What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, It's been a while. I know. I know. I did it again. I always always try to stay consistent, and then something happens, and then two, three, four weeks go by, and I don't get to check in with you guys. So I'm I'm really sorry for doing it again. Um, I don't even have a good excuse. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not... Nothing crazy happened. I took a week off to go on a vacation. And um, so during that time, I couldn't talk. Well, I definitely got back and had plenty of time and just didn't just didn't do it. I'm here now. So we'll just excuse the fact that I've been a bad podcast person. Um, this podcast is going to be, I think, maybe a little bit somber and maybe a little bit inspirational. Like it depends on how you look at it. So this is the day after uh, Nipsey Hussle got uh, murdered out here um, in Cali, right? So, and I'm not—I was never like his biggest fan. Like I don't have his albums and all that, but uh, I heard a lot about him from people who were out here. Like he, like he's a big deal out here because he gives back to people out here. He didn't just make it and then left, right? So. I've really been living vicariously through other people's experiences with him because I don't have any. Like, I can't be like, yo, that's my track, or, like, I don't know the dude. Um, I knew of, I saw his wife in a few movies, and I know his album was dope last year, but that's the extent of what I know about him. But what I'm seeing is that it seems like he's left a legacy behind, especially here. I know, like, maybe countrywide people are feeling some kind of way, but... Here, there are a lot of people, like regular people. I know like celebrities get on Instagram and post selfies with them crying and whatever. I, I've mentioned before how I feel about that whole situation. But I know regular people, like people I'm friends with who ran into him throughout you know the last few years, just pictures with him like at shows, like in the neighborhood, whatever, whatever. A lot of regular people have photos and memories with him. And I didn't realize that he was that plugged into it. And I, I that made it, I guess, a little bit sadder because I can personalize it. Like, I don't necessarily care how Ja Rule feels about this, but if Tiffany and Inglewood, who I know, is like, okay, cool, then it means something more. But it got me thinking about legacy. And I think it's something that I know is definitely a, a male trait, but I think it may even be a human trait, but... I know for sure men always want to like leave a mark, leave something behind because that's how history will remember you. And you start asking what your legacy is and what's it going to be. Like I guess on some level, you can only do what you can do. You don't know how long you're going to be here. Right? I'm sure he thought he had 40 more years in the community, 50 more years to do stuff. But still, he was doing what he was doing on a day-to-day basis. Um I think he's left a mark down there that will probably stand for some time. He's going to be a cult hero, I guess, on some level like how Tupac was. Um, obviously not like his accomplished, but the feel. Like you can mention Tupac any like hood or whatever, and people feel, man, that's Pac. Like he he left something behind, and it got me thinking about like the legacies of people who died. Because look, we're all going to die at some point, and we've all lost people, and. A lot of famous people have like come and gone, and within a couple of news cycles, we just kind of stopped talking about it. 
Like, there's no, you get the vigil, you get maybe the funeral on TV if it's like Aretha or Michael Jackson, somebody like that. And then that's it. Like, you just, it's just your family who has to deal with the fallout of it. And the person, I guess, closest in my family who has a legacy is my dad's dad, so my granddad on that side. And I, my granddad passed when I was like seven, I believe, seven or eight. I was a kid. I only met him maybe five or six times. So I don't have all these amazing memories of him like giving me game and all that. But uh, he was an immigrant from Trinidad. He came over here with seven kids as a preacher and uh, started a church. And just he was really plugged into our community, to our environment over here or there in Jacksonville. And um, and everyone called him Rev. It's just, you know, Reverend, whatever. Oh, you want to Rev's kids, you want to Rev's grandkids, all that stuff. And when he passed, I remember, like, how full the church was. Like, it wasn't just the congregation. It was, like, a lot of people who, I guess he had been trying to get into the church, but, you know, they were resistant. People in the community, people who heard about other people in the community. And it was, like, it was packed out. It was a long service. Everybody wanted to speak and get there get their two cents in and all that and that was over two decades ago right and still people still talk about my granddad in the community it's like yeah man you know you had a good granddad rev did a lot for all of us and he helped out my dad and my my cousins and my brother like he because he wasn't making money he had seven kids even if he made good preacher money money seven kids is a lot of kids and uh (laughs) So he was, that's what he did. And um, his legacy was so impactful that my dad decided that that's the kind of person he wanted to be. And he essentially modeled himself after my granddad. And so when he does things, I don't even know if he's aware that he's doing it or saying it. He'll just be doing something like, oh, I'm going to go do this over here. You know, if Pops was was alive, he would have done it or he would approve of this. So he'll just say it and... I can't be like, oh, you're right, Dak. I don't know. I don't know my granddad like that. But he's, it's like he's still trying to live up to that legacy or trying to like match it or make him proud at some level or even keep it going, I guess. I don't know his full motivations for it. But there's, there's something to it. My dad's in his 50s now, and he's still, you know, following in footsteps and trying to do things that way. And I think that's... That's the strongest part of your legacy when you have people behind you who want to follow in your footsteps or take the lessons you've taught and improve on them. Right, 20 years ago, we barely had, we didn't have social media, like at all. I don't think the iPhone had come out, no social media. Like, what year was this? It was like 96, 97. We had just got the internet. So who knows how much bigger his impact could have been with the platform to be able to disseminate your message to the masses everything he did was in the community it was face to face he's like guerrilla marketing kind of thing so i think about that sometimes and i wonder what it would have been like i guess to to know him better to be older when he was around um i know he was like a very strict dude because he had six boys and one girl and so when you have that many sons you can't you can't be weak because they'll try to take you down that's just you know biology type stuff so you got to be hard to keep them all aligned. So I don't know if it would have been these 
soft pop pop moments where he's just like, come sit on my knee and hear a story. I think it would have been like, did you do your chores yet? I'm like, oh, I'm five. Um, but it is something that that I think about and and I'm, I'm and I watch my dad to see what he's doing now and to see what person he's trying to be. I know he's it's a it's a stressful and it's a draining life sometimes I think to try to do the right thing all the time and to try to like model yourself after I think it this is a sports analogy. Like you know how people do the whole Michael Jordan LeBron thing. Um, like LeBron, like Jordan's alive, so whatever. But even LeBron said at some point that he was chasing the ghost of that that twenty three ghost because it's like what Michael was and then how he's remembered are two different people on some level. And like if you talk to my dad two weeks before my granddad died, he would be like, "Yeah, my dad's a cool person, but man, he's probably like a hard ass." Like he, I'm sure it would have been something critical he would have thought of. Like, man, I wish you would have been more. A little softer, or you know, maybe a little bit more. I can't say nurturing because my my grandma was there, but I'm sure you probably want a better relationship than what they had. And as soon as he passed, it was like almost like you deified, and I got to lift back up to that. So, like, I don't know. It's it's, it's draining and exhausting I'm trying to live up to something that may not be fully authentic, but. I think it's something worth doing because he's doing it for the right reasons. Like he's doing good by other people. So that's the closest legacy, like in my immediate life that I've kind of seen play out. Um, Another legacy that resonates with me is my favorite comic, Patrice O'Neill, who like he passed when he was 41. So, you know, I don't know how long he thought he was going to live, but I thought probably longer than 41. And luckily, like he has a lot of, stand-up and radio clips that you can just go back and like listen through you can get caught up there's a lot of a lot of videos like it's well over 100 like you can do this for a long time and a lot of his he talked a lot like a lot and so you can you hear a lot of his thoughts and you hear them flushed out like why i feel this way why i don't feel this way why i'm not more more successful the comedy game all that good stuff and he passed in I think 2011, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll be on I'll be online now, you know, going through videos, and there are people posting three weeks ago. Man, I still wake up every morning listening to this dude. Man, he inspired me. This, this, and that. And I was, and I, I think about it like how many, a lot of comics have passed. It's a thing in, in in the comedy world, maybe acting, I guess too. Like when you're on that end of the spectrum. There's a lot of psychosis, a lot of loneliness, a lot of pills, a lot of drugs, and as a result, a lot of our great talents uh, just don't live that long. Like we, I think we should be more thankful that we still have Eddie Murphy around. People don't even like talk about it like that, but you know, this was 30 years ago. He would probably already be out of there. Like it's we lose a lot of people well earlier than their lives probably should be over, and so. You start wondering, like, all right, what comics, like, left something like the Carlins, the Priors, these kind of people. But it, every year, a few more comics pass away, right? And it's like, how many of them, like, you think about that far after they, they're gone? I listen to Patrice at least once or twice a week now. Still, like, just trying to be refreshed on what he's saying and 
hearing this take because even now if it feels like it's something original and it came out you know 10 12 years ago and i think his style has inspired me like we're not physically the same we don't i don't even see the world exactly the way he does but i think the way his mind worked inspires my mind to kind of like challenge thoughts that i may have had before and then like kind of reassess all right cool this is what i would have thought before he started talking but he made some compelling points let's go back and let me search myself to see where I am on this. And then, and I think that's all you can really hope for at that point. When you state an opinion that's opposite to someone else, that they'll, for a moment, reassess their opinion and be like, all right, you make some points. Maybe I'm not 100% sure on the point that I had. I may still hold it because, you know, I built my life on it or something, but it's not as rock solid as I thought it was. And I think that's really a win, especially in today's society where, people make up their minds and then like even in the face of evidence just be like nah I don't <laughs> I don't feel that way I know you're telling me this is the truth but my truth is this and so I'm doing it that way and so then that brings me to what I guess my eventual legacy is going to be I have no idea how long I'm going to live hopefully a long time I want to be around to see how this whole world turns out during my lifetime see how many diseases they cure or see medical advancements to see if we have that iRobot moment that everyone seems to be afraid of. Um, to see how... so I'm, I'm really curious how social media is going to affect people going forward. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple of nerdy friends, and I think on some level it's going to be some kind of like ready player one situation where people live in regular life, but regular life is going to be so boring and so like mundane that people just jack in and plug into this alternate reality where you can be the greatest versions of yourself. If you've never seen a movie, you should. I think it's on Netflix still. It's an interesting movie. But I see it where we legit are going to live in two different worlds. Because right now, even social media now, is like it's really like the spokesperson of what real life is. Like Every picture is filtered or shaded or the one of the 25 pictures you took that you decided to post um you don't get the most honest one. even the quote-unquote candid shots you still look kind of cute in it's like oh this is me without makeup but still popping like it's whatever you can tell i don't like social media but and it's also it's not it's a place to like to flaunt like to just show off when you're doing something well And so what that does is create envy in other people who I guess aren't doing as well. And people who like you think you're doing as good as the picture and the post you're putting up are, even though that's probably a snapshot of your day and your life and all that stuff. It's it's not real. And yet I think people are basing a lot of their stuff on it. I mentioned before on a previous podcast, I was trying to get booked for, uh, for a comedy thing. And I sent him my video. And he said, hey, you got a funny video. I was like, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. He said, how many followers you got? I was like, um, I don't know, like a thousand. And he said, ah, well, sorry, man. We not we we, uh, we can't book you for the show. We we need you to have at least 10,000 followers. And I was like, what? I thought this is not a comedy show. It's not about being funny. He's like, nah, you know, it's just, you know, the marketing side. I was like, but what if I market? What if I you know, get people to come out, put butts in the seats. I can still market with a thousand people. I just got to try hard. I got coworkers who 
What if people who are on social media it just, nah, man, you know how it is. You know, it's business, yada, yada. And it was that was deflating, to say the least, that someone who could be completely unfunny but has more followers gets gets that entryway over someone who you've seen be funny. Not like just me hyping up a word of mouth stuff like I sent it to you. And they didn't take into account that, you know, those could be bots, too. It just has a number. You have X number of followers. All right, 10,000, cool. You have a footprint that can reach 10,000 people. We'll put you on. But if 5,500 are bots, then really you don't. It's just the number looks a certain way. And that's that's the game. Like social media is the game. It's, if, you, if, if you don't post it, it doesn't count. If it doesn't get likes or traction, then it didn't happen. And... I would like to see 10 years from now when I guess Snapchat is gone. I think Facebook's going to disband at some point or have a competitor come in and kind of swoop and take what they're doing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard anything good about Facebook in about three years, maybe four. I don't know the last good thing Facebook's done. It's been Zuckerberg being awkward. It's been privacy things. It's been maybe hagging. It's been... You know, them being like this monopoly kind of monolith kind of situation that I just I just don't it doesn't seem like it has longevity, but I don't see a viable alternative. So if someone's really G'd up and smart, I guess they'll create that and be like, we're the anti Facebook, but we have all the same shit Facebook has. And then I guess people just move on to that, just like Vine was popping and then Instagram happened and people just moved over to Instagram, just say, forget Vine. But like we've never lived, we've never like everything that has happened up to now. We've have some kind of precedent for on some level, and we've never had this with social media. We don't like we've there are kids born who've never known a world without Instagram and Facebook. They don't even know what it's like to just not have a phone at six and be posting. And not, they don't even, they don't even know what it's like to. What do you mean no internet? What? You mean you used to go to the internet, go to Yahoo, and then get off? word like that isn't so my own individual legacy though because i got off on the social media tangent because i just don't i don't like it for the most part um i don't know what it's going to be i would like it to be honest (laughs) but people don't speak honestly about the death for the most part um i would like the impact to be that he made people around him better I think that's that's important to me. I don't believe I've left any job situation worse than when I got there. I think they've all gotten better because of my personality or energy or whatever. I believe that. Now, it may not be true, but I believe it. And there's no one here to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so I'm going on my own facts. But I can go back to any job I've ever had before now, so I think that's a good sign. Um, I want to be... I don't want people to say obviously he was he was funny, but not even just like oh on stage that guy's good. I want people to say like in real life, I always had a good laugh when I was around him, because that's that's what he that's what he pulled out of you. Like even when I was having a bad day, he would say something and get me, and then turn my day around. That would be nice. I want to be. I guess a visionary sounds that sounds almost too big. <laughs> I want to I want to be in my own lane 
for better or for worse. Typically, when you do that, you don't. It doesn't work out as well as a conformist because that means you're kind of bucking the trend to get to where you're getting to. So I expect there to be some resistance. So even if like, oh, he's in his own lane, like let's say musically, like on some like J. Cole kind of situation, like, oh yeah, he's got a following, he's got fans and all that, but like he's not going to get a Grammy because he doesn't do the political stuff that's probably required of that. But he will sell the shows. He will make money, but people always talk about Kendrick or Drake first because they're the ones that are you know, doing the rest of the stuff to get that stuff, right? So if it's some version of what, like, and now Cole's kind of switched it up again where he's actually plugging back into the music to, like, I guess show how good he is to, I, I guess, assume withdraw back to what he is now or what he used to be. I don't know what he's doing. I'm, I like what he's doing, though. Um, so if it's something like that on the entertainment side of it, where it's like he's in his own lane, he owns his content, his original works are quality works. It's just not information for the sake of information. It's not just stuff to post for the sake of posting. It actually has some value to it. And it makes people feel something. I hope that's what the legacy... I'm thinking this out on the fly. That's why there's so many like vocal pauses. I'm not doing... I'm not preoccupied. I'm trying to think it through because I don't know. It's kind of hard to think about mortality when you're not like in a mortal state, right? Like when you're not like, oh, I'm impending death. So it's like, I feel like I'm going to live for some time. But it's a it's an interesting question because, again, I'm in the entertainment industry on a very low level right now. But I'm in the process of building this comedy room I have going on and like the infrastructure for it so I can kind of go forward and booking talent and then, you know, working out payment structures and contracts and all that good stuff. And it's, that ended up, that's dope in and of itself. Like to be able to have the option to do that is, is awesome. But it's, cause someone asked me recently, where, where do you want this to go? And I said, I want this to be a, a destination spot in the valley that's what I told him where people are hitting me up like begging to, to get on my show bro God, I heard about your show man I heard it was like popping and crazy man can I can I just get five minutes and I gotta be like ah, bro sorry I don't have five minutes the show's packed where I want sponsors to want to be a part of it because it has a feel to it they know it means something and I gotta tell sponsorship sorry I don't want to be affiliated with your brand but thank you for Thank you for wanting to be a part of mine. Or, I'm a big fan of your brand. Yes, absolutely, you can contribute to our cause. And then some celebrity type people lend their voices to it because they've heard about it. And maybe they just want to see me come up a little bit because obviously they're already famous and it won't do them as much good as it would for me. But like I, want, I, that's, I, can, I can see it all from the merchandise, from the show structure to the performances to the convenience of it to the growth of it like i'm seeing it all play out the macro side of it and i'm just working on the micro now the day-to-day operations part of it and on a legacy standpoint i want there to be maybe eventually a comedy club built in the valley inspired by the fact that the people who have the money for buildings and all that see that there's a market for it because they saw what i'm doing 
I said, man, we got to build a comedy club. Now, I guess they would eventually probably take over my business because they are putting millions upon millions into that building and all that good stuff. And maybe they'll be, you know, cool enough to work with me and then let me kind of be in on that too. But that's not really how LA works. I guess they would just take it over. But even that is partly part of a legacy. It's like this club exists because of that guy. And then who knows where it'll go from there. But that's that's something I guess we'll see. Anywho, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope I didn't bring you guys down. I think it got a little inspirational towards the end. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if it landed, but the end wasn't supposed to be sad. It was supposed to be like hopeful towards the future, um, but the middle definitely got a little. Mm. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, tell your friends, family, all that good stuff. Keep listening, keep reposting, and I will <laughs> I'll do a better job about being consistent. Think my fingers are crossed a little bit. But as always, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time. Deuces.